Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi there and welcome to Scout the Game Week. Scout the Game Week is a fantasy football scout weekly podcast brought to you by the Scout Network. In each episode, we look back at the game week we've just played and assess what we can learn to help us in the next round of fixtures. I'm Sam from the FPL family. Let's scout the game week. This week, I'm joined by FPL Shake and Bake, who's also known as Brett. Brett, thank you so much for coming back on for another episode with me. We're in the middle of game week 21. How's it going? Hi, Sam. Thanks for having me on. Um, this game week has been crazy. Um, so... <laughs> At the start of the season, I was like, I don't want to take as many hits as I took last year. Last year, I took far too many. It cost me loads of points, loads of rank in places. But then I've ended up taking a 12-point hit this week. Oh, <laughs> um, oh 12 points. So, so I went out on New Year's Eve and I've made made my transfers in the New Year's Eve. So I replaced Reese James and Timu Pukki. And actually, I've got to blame you for me still having Pukki. In my, <laughs> my love affair with Pukki. Yeah, I think we wildcarded at the same time and you kept going on about him on everything. I saw and it, on. on everything. I go on about yeah. Pukki quite a lot. He does offer good value so, for money. He does. He does. Um, so I brought him in. He scored. Um, I don't think you actually brought him in at that time. No, I haven't um, owned him yet. So yeah, I brought him in. He's got he's he's done all right for me. he's been the sort of player that I can just have on my bench. And mm. it seems to be if he comes into my team, he scored that week. So yeah, he's doing really well. Um, but I wanted to bring in Dominic Calvert Lewin. Oh, um, so did I. Yeah. I did that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was a painful one. And I brought in Kufal for the West Ham double as well. Mm-hmm. Again, he could have COVID now, so he might not get the double up. So those two transfers weren't great. I woke up on New Year's morning and decided to bring in Declan Rice for Ollie Skip. My family has got a love affair with Declan Rice ever since my boy fell in love with him during the Euros. So I brought him in at like 5.3 million or something, and he got an assist, so that was nice. So I was going to the next game. And then just sort of before the deadline, I went back on Twitter and saw everything about Phil Foden having COVID. I was already quite scared of going in without Antonio or Bowen, so I decided to take another four-point hit for Bowen. So those two transfers have Paid back the hit, and Bowen been my captain as well, so he's mm. doing all right. But apart from that, I've only had Son and Marcus Alonso actually get any sort of return. So I'm stuck on 40 points at the minute, minus my 12-point hit. It's it's not been a good week. It's really hard, I think, at the moment, isn't it? Because obviously it's the hectic hectic period around the festivities. It's always busy and it's always quite, it's always quite a difficult time for FPL managers. But what I found this time around is that like you, I was very, very scared of the West Ham double up. I mean, on paper, it was the perfect double up. Crystal Palace and Norwich, just like that's ideal, particularly for the attacking players. I'll just get Bowen and Antonio. And that was what I was going to do. And then I had this moment of, well, now it looks like madness. But at the time, I was like, it was one of those moments where you go, I've kind of got to trust my gut on this. And I just had this Dominic Calvert-Lewin niggle in the back of my head that was, you know, he's been ready since game week 17. Yeah. Everton haven't played. 
So he's had all that additional time to become fitter, stronger, be back from injury well. That probably means we're going to see him get 90 minutes as opposed to come in and get 60, which we might do if he'd have come back in game week 17. Obviously, there's the double up. Well, there should have been the double up in 21, plus so many other fixtures that need to be rearranged. So I was like, you know, long term, as well as nice fixtures for Everton, long term, this looks like a great pick. With Antonio, I had this kind of fear of, well, you've got a game, then you've got the FA Cup, then you've got a game. He is injury prone. What happens if something goes wrong in the middle of that game week? I don't, the West Ham fixtures are, they're not as nice as the Everton ones that followed. So I decided to go rogue and get Calvert-Lewin over Antonio. Mm, yeah, it didn't go that well. I did get Bowen in. So that yeah. that's going well. So at least I've got him left. I don't think, I played Livermento this week on the basis that, you know, I was hopeful that with a bit of rest, he might get a game. I don't think he's going to, which means I get Rudiger off my bench for a one-pointer, which yeah, it's not ideal, but at least it's a point, I suppose. So yeah, I think game week 21 has been difficult to navigate. So let's start there then. And I think we've mentioned already that there's a couple of fixtures left to go. We should have had three fixtures left to go at this point when we're recording on, on Tuesday lunchtime. But of course, we've had... The re-postponement again of the Everton and Leicester game. So that's got to be fitted into the schedule at some point. But what FPL assets have impressed you so far this week? In the first game of the weekend, Man City Arsenal, I thought it was one of the best games I've seen all season. Mm. But Bakayo Saka, I, I just love him. When you watch him play, he makes you smile. And recently started scoring goals as well. I did own him early in the season, but then he had a bit of a knock and he was doubtful. So mm. I took him out and I've not been able to get him back in um, just because everything that's going on, I've always had other people that I need to get rid of and take kids for to replace them and bring in sort of other opportunities around doubles. Recently, he started scoring goals. He's Arsenal's key player. He's taken his game up to another level this season. He's been really impressive. Mm. I think he doesn't look out of place against any top team now. Um, and it's just like, a key player I want to get back in. You know, I think he's one of those players. And, and, and you know, this is a lesson for, for us all as FPL managers, isn't it? Because on paper, that fixture against Manchester City is one of the ones that you want to avoid as an FPL manager. You know, when your players are playing against Manchester City, it doesn't make your heart sing. And I, going into game week uh, 21, had three Arsenal players. And I was looking at that thinking, my God, why, why have I, why am I tripled up on Arsenal ahead of? A difficult fixture period, you know, Manchester City, obviously, in 21. And then looking ahead to 22, it, it spurs. And I was thinking, I don't know that I really, really want to be trebled up for this period. So I sold two of them. Smith Rowe was a, a reluctant sell because he's been fantastic for me. I know that he's been, you know, he's coming off the bench and scoring goals. Like, he's just been brilliant. Um, but he was an easier sell because he is getting benched so regularly and I did want Bowen. But with Saka, I would have found it really hard to sell Saka because I think with the form that he's in and if you play like that against Manchester City, as the fixtures get easier for Arsenal, then that can only be a positive thing. So he would definitely be one that I would be targeting too. Who else have you been impressed with this week? Anthony Gordon at Everton. Mm. 4.5 million midfielder. Supposed to have a double game. We scored two goals in the first game. It should be the stuff of like FPL managers' dreams. Yeah, um, I didn't even consider him. No, um, I <laughs> saw a few people on Twitter sort of mention him as a, a gamble, but even when I read that, I was like, no, I, I just didn't come onto my radar again. Um, but I thought he was really good against Hull as well on Saturday. Mm. Um, so he, he's getting regular minutes. He could be sort of that 
fifth midfielder spot up until this week. I had Ollie Skip because he was a regular, and I thought that that third sub he'll come in get the two points when I'm yeah exactly what you need. But if you've got somebody like Gordon who you can have at the same price Mm. and who's offered more of a goal threat, more of a sort of creative influence on the team, then yeah, that's that's sort of perfect for that midfield. It gives you the option to go five in midfield if you want to, or yeah, if you have him. it's not taking up any budget at all particularly when Everton have got some such nice fixtures coming up and we've already mentioned the amount of games that they're going to have to be rearranged he's going to get a lot of game time and some managers we'll talk about AFCON in a little bit but some managers will have players like Ysbazuma at um, Brighton who is in their fifth midfielder spot or Billy Gilmore who's now injured and is going to be out for the next month or so if you've got a player like that in your team you know away on international duty injured for a significant period of time Gordon actually looks like a really good option. Everton have been poor. There's no getting yeah. away from that. Their, their performances have been awful. Having said that, though, they haven't been consistent in terms of the games that they're getting. They've been on and off with games. They've had some such big problems with COVID and various other factors, meaning that their games haven't been played. It's very hard to be very good when you're stop, start, stop, start, as their season has been over recent weeks. So I wonder whether... Obviously, they've now had another game postponed in this midweek or the same game again postponed. Game week 22, they've got Norwich. Like, if they can get consistent football action under their belts over the next few weeks, I think we might see some good stuff out of Everton. They've definitely got the scope for there to be some good performances, and we've seen that with, with Gordon. Having Calvert-Lewin back will only help him as well. Yeah. He's creating chances. They haven't had a forward. And I think having Calvert-Lewin back, if, if he stays, obviously there's transfer rumours about him and Alistair. If he stays at Everton, I think they will get better. I think he's too good an, an option as a forward for them not to improve. And, and like you say, they've got that many games still to come. And even if he doesn't perform, he's still playing. So he'll still get you those two minutes. So if you have got someone like like that, he, he seems to be a no-brainer. As a, if you've got a transfer to burn, why, why wouldn't you bring him in? Yeah. Another fourth midfielder, uh, Michael Elise, thought he was mm. excellent against West Ham. Sort of goal, set one up, and he was only on, on the pitch for about 20 minutes. Um, and then he did the same again against Millwall in the Cup. A bit um, lucky, though, in the FA Cup, because had there been VAR, I'm not sure those goals. Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, but I, I think I, I saw him in the Championship against us last year, and he really impressed me. He's someone that I sort of wanted to keep an eye on, because I I expected him to do better than he has done, to be honest. Mm. See, I've been in and out the side and stuff. Um, but when I saw him against it, I thought he was destined for the Premier League and be real top talent. Obviously, at the minute, Zaha's away at AFCON. Um, so is Jordan Mayu. So there's space in that team. So I think his performances over the last couple of weeks, he's really sort of put himself in contention with that. And he's on set pieces as well. So yeah, that is sort of threat to his army. It's interesting, isn't it, with Crystal Palace? Because... Some weeks I watch them and they are, they look really good and really impressive. And then the next week I can watch them and think, mm. and yes, they've had a couple of issues. Gallagher's missed a couple of games and there's been, you know, some disruption to their season. You know, Vieira's had COVID as well. So we have seen some good stuff from Crystal Palace. It just hasn't necessarily had the consistency, I think. But we maybe are starting to see that. And we're getting players like Eze and Elise coming through really making their voices heard if you like Edouard has really impressed me for the last few weeks now and that's some a, a position on the Crystal Palace pitch where 
I think for the last few seasons they've been lacking is having somebody like him who is a natural goal scorer. I know that they've got players like Ayu and Benteke, but I think he could be a real difference maker for them. And when he's performing as well as he is right now, alongside this really young squad, particularly in the midfield there with, with the likes of Gallagher, uh, Eze and, and Elise, they, they, they are a fantastic unit and they have got real potential. And like you say, super cheap again. So if you're looking to go with a change of strategy, if you are looking to, you know, think about how you might, well, we'll talk about AFCON next, but if you're thinking about a strategy for returning to Salah eventually, then maybe there is a position where you go, well, I've got somebody like, you know, Bernardo Silva in my team. And if I took him down, that gives me enough space to then bring Salah back in without losing any of my premium options. So having these guys in the background, just keeping an eye on them is, is a really good idea and a useful strategy. Yeah, I think you know that I'm here with how youthful they are. I've, I've had Gallagher for quite a bit this season. He's been been excellent for them as well. But yeah, I just think as attention sort of going on to Gallagher now, it could free up space for players like Elise and Eze, both really exciting and talented. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about the African Cup of Nations for a minute then, because obviously this is a major part of FPL right now, alongside dealing with the COVID issues, um, match postponements, and just the, the wealth of games in close proximity that we have right now. We also have this huge international tournament with key FPL assets having disappeared from our teams for a little while. So the likes of Salah, of course, there's Mane, Mendy, the Chelsea goalkeeper, and, and so many others. You know, you mentioned Zaha already there, and I when we were talking about Palace. Obviously, for the majority of FPL managers that are actively playing the game, Salah is part or was part of their 15. He's had a lot of sales over the last couple of weeks and is dropped quite significantly down in price again, which pleased me to see him drop down because I sold him and was kind of thinking, please drop down to my sale price on you so that it's easy for me to to bring you back in what did you do what are you planning to do with Salah have you sold him so far or have you still got him no I sold Salah um, when Liverpool had the blank in yeah 19 again he's now down to the price I sold him for so lovely I, I had planned to just be like I'll sell him I'll get him back I'll do whatever it takes I'll sell him <laughs> and I'm, I'm getting Salah back as soon as I can um and I, I actually replaced him with Kevin De Bruyne Mm. Um, who come in and uh, he scored, he's got a couple of assists. So it's been quite a, quite a nice transfer. I did bring Salah back in game week 20 for his penalty miss against Leicester. Oh, I did the same uh, on a free hit. Free hit actually cost me points. It was very painful. <laughs> um, but Ouch. yeah, brought him back in. They got the penalty. I was like, right, here we go. I captained him. So yeah, I, I've already got rid of Salah. I've purposely stayed away from other players. So I don't have Emmanuel Dennis, for instance, mm. because I thought he was going... Yeah, I did um, the same. I got Josh Key instead. And, yeah, do exactly the same. And at the time, King was playing up front and Dennis mm. was out wide. I was like, it, it just makes too much sense to go for King. Yeah, um, I mean, King's been great as well. I, I don't think it's that King's been bad. It's just Dennis has performed so yeah. well. And and I, I think, you know, we did the FPL show last week and I was talking on there about how I actually think there's scope for the Watford double up up top, particularly with the fixtures that they have yeah. in game week 22. You now, you and I are both now in the same position, having sold Salah. Obviously, we've both already said that he is a priority transfer back in once the African Cup of Nations is over and he is available for us again. My feeling on um, AFCON and, and on Salah generally is that selling him is fine. Keeping him is also fine if that's your strategy. I think for us as individual FPL managers looking at the team that you have in front of you, you can only make decisions based upon the information that you have right there and then. And I'm looking at my team at the moment for Game Week 22, and it is literally like 
flag central it's just flags on everybody obviously we had the news about Son who was my player that I invested in instead of Salah then we obviously have Ronaldo missing the game yesterday evening with potential injury that could keep him out of the weekend I'll be waiting on our news on him to see what happens there I've got flags on Livermento Trent's got Covid there's just so many players in my team with flags that if I still had Salah I would now potentially be thinking well should I just bench him and make some of these other issues better and I think that's an okay strategy to have I think for me it's just knowing how you're planning to play with for my personal team it was a case of right I'm going to sell you and I'm not going to leave the money in the bank I'm going to reinvest that money across my squad because I feel like that's a good thing to do I wanted two goalkeepers over this period because obviously Ramsgale is going to have blank game week coming up so I wanted to have that ability to do that and then I know that in the back of my head, if I if I want to bring him back on transfers, I can just sell one of my other premiums to afford to bring Salah back in. Or if my squad is looking as kind of flag heavy as it is right now, I've always got the wild card in the bag in order to bring him back in at that point. So what are you planning to do? Is it is it a strategy that you're thinking of doing, spending the money, or have you kept it in your bank? I've still got a little bit in the bank. I probably could get him in. But again, I went to Son as well. So I think I've got just about enough at the minute where I'll do Son out for Salah back in if, if need be. I, I have sort of spread out a bit of funds though because I've been planning to play on a bench boost. Um, and I I always play it before the second World Cup. I like to play it quite early. I have built my squad up. I've got two playing keepers. I've, like I said, I've upgraded Gip to Rice for just a little bit more threat. I've, I've got playing subs, but because of COVID, I've just been too scared to press that button. I'm quite happy with having a squad like I've got at the minute because if games are missed out, then I've got decent players coming in. I want to keep an eye on how the tournament goes as well. We've seen it with, with England players. They've had the Euros hangover. That could happen with... Salary it could happen with anybody else that's over in the tournament. As much as there will probably be part of me that as soon as Egypt's knocked out, <laughs> want it back. Make that transfer <laughs> straight away. It could cost me points. It could cost me team value. I might give it a little bit just to see how he and the others come back. Oh, just from- it's really hard to envisage yeah. a time where Salah lines up for Liverpool. So, I mean, I did what you did, exactly what you did. Took him out. Um, for the blank that Liverpool had, free hitted him back in for his blank when he missed the penalty, and then obviously didn't have him for Chelsea. For Chelsea. And I'll be honest, I sat there, and obviously Lee's a Liverpool fan, and we sat together on the sofa watching that game. And I, before it kicked off, said, I accept whatever punishment Salah wishes to inflict on me because quite frankly uh, you know I've treated him badly <laughs> I've shipped him <laughs> off um and he did punish me and I and I felt sort of okay with it because I was yeah. expecting it but I cannot envisage a time where and I think part of the reason I felt okay with it was because it was one week it was one game and it was a difficult game against Chelsea knowing me and knowing how much I enjoy owning Salah, I just know as soon as he sets foot back on British soil, I'm going to be thinking, right, who's going? And how is he getting back in my team? Come what may. Just because I think he's one of those players where everything's just, it's in full flow for him at the moment. And this season really is his his season. And he's really shining right now. So yeah, he will be a, uh, he will be a quick transfer back in for me. And if that it's, means I have to wildcard, then so be it. I just think the way I'm sort of playing, I'm, being a little bit more cautious than, yeah. <laughs> and so I might give him the game up. again. You've got COVID, you've got injuries, you've got everything. So yeah. we we have got the extra chips. So it may even be that 
I take my free, put my second free hit on his first week week back to bring him in. Mm. Just so I've got him, um, but then I've not committed to it if he doesn't look great and stuff. Interesting. Yeah, I think for me, it's just about having a plan. It's, it's having a plan for Salah because we all know that at some point, whether it's at the end of the AFCON tournament, whether it's a week or two after he returns, there's going to be a moment where as FPL managers, we, all of us, apart from the 49, 49.7% of teams still own him. So the other 50% of teams that are still don't own him, on of those, the ones that are still active, will be looking for a way to bring Salah back. And I need to bring him back at a price point where I can afford to do that. So ideally, I don't want him to take too many price jumps because that's obviously going to inhibit the rest of my team and what the rest of that might look like and how that will affect the rest of my season. So, yeah, I think having a, a plan for him and also for the other premiums is really important. Before we move on to talk about Game Week 2012, I just wanted to talk about the premium assets because Game Week 21 so far has been disappointing I think when it comes to the premium assets, obviously, you know, we've had Ronaldo and Kane both blanking, then Ronaldo missing this FA Cup tie. Both have double game weeks. Would they be players, maybe less Ronaldo now with the flag on him, but certainly Kane, would they be players that you would target ahead of the double game week to come up? Or are they just players that if you have them, you just keep them and and hope that they play in both of those fixtures? So going into this week without Harry Kane, actually petrifies me. His record against Arsenal is brilliant. His record against Leicester is even better. If I do bring him in, I've I've got a decision to make with sort of team structure because of the Salah Mm. plan. It's like, if I bring him in, I've got to change my team structure. And then when I bring Salah in, it probably means an an extra transfer to get that money back into midfield. Yeah. But this double game week, if Harry Kane had a a double game week, this would be what he wanted. Um, (laughs) I know he's not been great this season. And- but significantly better of late. And I think that's the thing is, you know, he's scored in three of the last four now in the league. Obviously came on in the FA Cup and got a goal there. Spurs obviously also have the League Cup that they've got to contend with as well ahead of, you know, this game. So there's a lot still to go here. But as a Son owner and a Ronaldo owner, obviously I've got two issues there in my team. I've got... Son, who I was very happy to captain, actually, through this double game week. Plus, Ronaldo, who's now got a flag on him. And I'm looking at those two options thinking, well, there are other options who I think I could invest in. So I could make the move from Son to, say, Mason Mount, who's got really nice fixtures in a couple of game weeks' time and obviously has the double. Right, it's a difficult double against Man City and Brighton, but it does have a double game week. And that would mean that I could then move Ronaldo to Kane. And I do really like the look of Harry Kane this week. It's just very difficult to sell a double game week player if there's yeah, a chance I, they might play. Without Son as well, it makes Kane more of a sort of talismanic figure for Spurs. Like he's going to have to stand up, isn't he? You know, he's yeah, gonna he, to. he's going to have to stand up and be counted. Spurs, are, every attack's going to go for it. It generally does anyway, but every yeah. attack, he's going to have to be that one. If I do get him in, he'll definitely be my captain. Mm. Um, it's just I need to sort of sit down and think right if I do this then when I want Salah back I'm going to need to get rid of Kane or get rid of De Bruyne I could potentially do De Bruyne straight to him but I've really enjoyed owning KDB Mm. because again he's got such a low ownership yeah and this is the drama isn't it the drama of FPL management is that you know I've I've been struggling with this for a while is that 
there's been so many really lovely premium midfield options that I've wanted, but I like to have a premium forward because it offers you the, the best amount of flexibility in terms of moving around through injuries, dealing with crises, dealing with COVID, everything else. So I've had premiums in every position, which makes getting Kane easy because I could just sell Ronaldo to fund him. But selling Ronaldo is never an easy thing to do. So I kind of want Ralph to come out and go, He's not fit. Yeah. Because if he says that, then it's a it's a no-brainer for me to move him to Kane, particularly as so I have a rule of FPL, which is that if I'm at a football match, I have to captain somebody that I'm watching play. I'm gonna be there at the North London Derby this weekend. So I would like to sit there with my captain, and that's why my captain's umbrella was on Sun, partly because I was gonna be able to watch him obviously with that out the window now. I, I wanted to get your feeling on on these premiums because both of them with double game weeks it's very, very difficult to move away from a premium when they've got nice fixtures like that. And you mentioned you have your rule of life about captaining if you're at a game. My rule for FPL has generally been get Harry Kane. <laughs> it, it's it's simple, but it's generally worked. I, yeah. I didn't actually go with him this season because of the Euros and stuff, and I wanted to see how it started. And just, I have owned him at times. Not done great, but it's still Harry Kane, and I still think he's... Yeah. He's one of the best options. He's one of the best centre forwards in the world. So if you can get him, why wouldn't you? Especially against teams that he's always performed against. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Oh, Brett, you're talking me into it now, you see. Oh, dear. <laughs> this is Harry Kane's number one fan you're speaking to. Yeah. Right, well, that is the perfect segue into game week 22. Obviously, another double game week, a bigger double game week this time, although not quite as big a double game week as I think some of us were anticipating. Like, for example, I was fully anticipating Everton being in there for a double game week, hence partly the Dominic Calvert-Lewin thing, thinking he was going to get the double-double. But, you know, it is, a, it is a good game week. It is an opportunity for managers to target players with double game week fixtures. So if you're going to make three transfers, and I, I'm guessing you're not, given you haven't already had a minus 12 last week, but if you were going to make three transfers this week, which three players would be your number one target? I'm looking at making two anyway. So we've got Sam, he's out for a few weeks, so... I'll probably be replacing him. And I've also got Triple Arsenal. And I've got Lacazette up front. The two that I'm deciding to replace Lacazette with, again, it goes back to that team structure, is Harry Kane. I mean, that this is the Which, thing. is It's never an easy game, that one. Like, in terms of, as, as a Spurs fan, I look at that and go, 4-3, 3-2. My automatic assumption is there will not be any clean sheets. It will be high scoring. And the Leicester um, game tends to be the same. So you've got two fixtures there for Spurs where I would expect them to score a number of goals. Yeah, if it wasn't for the double, then I'd probably keep Lacazette just because... Yeah, he's got a good opportunity to score, Um, for sure. Actually, the last time I you had me on, it was before the North London Derby last year. Um, (laughs) Was it? Yeah, I think we had a similar... (laughs) I was looking through my notes last night and had a similar conversation about you're always being goals. Um, sadly for you, Arsenal did win that one. So Thanks for reminding me, Brad. Yeah, I might not be invited back <laughs> on. Uh, I have to the, time uh, these better in uh, future. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Kane possibly my first target, but then it 
it creates those salad complications. If not, then another guy we've mentioned already, Dennis at Watford. Mm. Um, like I say, I did look at it and if I was given the same sort of data that we had at the time, I'd still go for King. I would um, too. Yeah, the the results have been haven't been great. So and I think with their fixtures in this double as well with Newcastle and Burnley, I think again they're they're sort of tailor made for a double up. I could go for the double Watford forwards because um, I'm not going to get rid of King when he's got that double up. So taking out Lacazette, who's only got one game week, bringing Dennis in, it could then give me sort of a few few extra pounds anywhere. Um, and then my third would be to replace Son is James Madison at Leicester. I know as has the FPL Twitter crown of being Madison's number one fan. His biggest fan uh, he is, yeah. <laughs> but I would say if he's in the fan club, I'm the founder of it. Um, I've, I've loved watching it. Obviously, I'm a little bit biased being a Coventry fan. He broke into our team at like 16, 17, and immediately you could tell this boy had something special about him. Sort of remember we played Wigan first day of the season, and it was a bit of a shock that he started. We had Adam Armstrong on loan, who, who took all the headlines that day. But Madison sort of did one bit where he dropped his shoulder and hit the bar from about 25 yards, and everyone was like, He's not going to be here by the end of the season. He's far too good for the level we're at. And obviously he went to Norwich and now he's at Leicester. He's got four goals in his last six games and five assists. Um, scored again at the Weekend Cup. The only doubt for me bringing him in is, is the situation at Leicester. Obviously they've cancelled tonight's game. Will they have enough players for, for Saturday? You would hope they'd have enough for the second at least. But it's something that you, you need to consider. He's, he's another one like Saka that I watch and he makes me smile. Yeah. Um, I just love watching him. That shoulder faint that he's got, it's, it's poetry and he's a player that I always want in my team. But I think what you just said there about Madison, it's a reasonable thing to, to consider actually because, you know, it goes back to what we're talking about with Harry Kane, doesn't it? You know, we've seen it this week. We've had a game rescheduled and now it's been called off again because of COVID issues, this time at the other club. So we've had one club the first time, then at the other club the second time. There was always, in my mind, a bit of a risk of this in game week 21 because of the the length of the game week. So because this game week was going from New Year's Day and it's still going on now, this was always a a slight risk because we had these FA Cup fixtures in the middle. Of course, there was the risk of injury as well in that period. Next game week, the next double game week, I feel is less risky from that perspective because it's quicker. Obviously, the last games of that double, the Leicester versus Spurs and Brentford versus Manchester United happening on the Wednesday evening. But it's still something to consider, isn't it? Because obviously Leicester aren't able to play their game today because they've got so many issues, be it COVID or injuries or both, and as well as AFCON and, and everything else that's going on. How much actually changes between now and the weekend? And will that enable them to play in that first game? And then how much changes again before the Spurs game on Wednesday evening. The COVID situation, you would hope by the time the Spurs fixture, the second fixture in game week 22 for Leicester comes around, there'd be enough players back from any COVID-related illnesses that they would be back and therefore available to play. But injuries aren't always quick to clear up. So it is something that we have to keep our ear on the ground on because if Harry Kane has a double game week on paper and then Leicester aren't available to play, Obviously, that's going to then affect Spurs' double game week and the impacts could be huge. So it's something for me that I'm keeping a very close eye on and making decisions as late as possible and hoping that by making those decisions as late as possible, 
that will give me an insight into the majority of this game week because it's happening within that slightly more compact period of time this time around. Yeah, it doesn't help that it's a Friday deadline, does it? So you'll get the press conferences coming through in the afternoon. There's not a lot of time to react to them. So I want to have a few plans and then almost like as the press conference news coming off, I can tick off what I want to do. It's like, right, I've, I've thought about bringing him in. He's good to go. Leicester are going to play or, or whatever. Um, but I mean, I know it's a double game week. I'm trying to look at it slightly different to a traditional double game week. And at the minute, if, if you've got two games in a game week, it's it's two chances to have a game on um, rather than you've definitely got two games. So if you've, if you've got players that have only got a single game week, then it's only one game that needs to be called off for them to miss. Whereas, yeah, players that like Spurs, Brighton, Leicester, the team with the double, they've at least got two chances of having a game on. So yes. you've got two chances of getting those two points, um, even if everything else goes wrong. So, mm. yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to be... Normally, I'd be quite aggressive over um, double game weeks, but I don't think you can be here. But, you, yeah, you almost just have to take it as a, well, they've got a better chance of having a game on than mm. other teams. I think that's a good point to talk about chip strategy, actually, because some managers will be looking at this game week thinking, I want to play my free hit because I've got so many flags in my team. It's the right moment for that. Some managers will be looking at this thinking it's the right moment for my triple captain. It's the right moment for a wild card. It's the right moment. I'm not sure that many will be thinking it's the right moment for a bench boost because of the the uncertainty. But I think the other three, there will be people out there looking at the likes of Kane, thinking I could triple captain you, thinking, you know, so many issues. Let's just free hit in a load of double game week players. What's your view on, on using a chip right now? We've already seen, like we've talked about multiple times, games getting postponed after they've been rearranged. Would you trust playing a chip right now? Or do you think actually maybe it's worth holding them for a little bit later on in the season when things are hopefully a little bit more stable? Personally, I won't be using one. Um, I mentioned earlier, I've used my free hit already. It didn't go well, but I can see why people would. You've got players like Trent, Son, Reese James, etc., all, all in a lot of people's teams. And if you, you you want to avoid hits then and you've not used a free hit, then I could see why you would this week. Mm. Um, again, I would sort of suggest having a couple of free hit drafts ready um, and waiting for half three on Friday afternoon to then finally implicate the one that you want. Um, again, I, I mentioned I sort of, I've been building my squad for a bench boost and if it was a normal normal double game week, I'd be very tempted this week. I it's a risk, isn't is it? It's one. a risk. Yeah. I think it's... three hits the only one that I would go for if I haven't used my first one just because, yeah, you, you've got that opportunity to, if you've got a load of flags, like I said, yourself have um have you used your free hit yet oh, your first free hit yet, i've used the first one yeah so i used it the same week you did yeah, to free salad. hit salah back in um but my plan with the second one is to hold it for a little bit longer because yeah. you know i'm looking at obviously spurs have got the double but i was invested in them anyway so i was kind of happy with that i was also invested in man united for their double so i was kind of happy about that i was invested in rudiger for the chelsea so i I had enough that I thought this will be fine and I can bring in a couple of players. I'm looking at now thinking there's a lot of flags, but probably with a minus four and a bit of luck yeah. on some of them in terms of recovering from their problems, I might might just be able to get through this game week okay and still have some double game week players. Whereas I'm looking towards, you know, the games that still need, the long list of games that still need yeah. a date to put on them. And I'm thinking 
there's a lot of players there that I could really target in some of these fixtures. For me, anyway, I think I can use a free hit chip more aggressively if I wait for some of those fixtures to be rescheduled and target them instead. There's game week 30 as well, which classes with the quarterfinals. So we're going to have blanks there. It's generally the better teams that get through to the quarterfinals. So it's generally going to be your best players that are missing. So you're going to want something then. That seems a perfect sort of free hit opportunity then. If you've not used your first, I could see why you'd use it this week. I think if if you've already used one, then there are better weeks to go for it. Yeah, I tend to agree with you, actually. Right, finally then, Brett, we've already alluded to the fact that if Harry Kane's in our teams, we'll both be captain him this week. But if we don't bring in Kane this week, and with Salah missing in action, and with Ronaldo flagged, and with so many other COVID issues, who are you going to captain? It'll be whichever striker I bring in. It'll be Kane or Dennis. Both have the double. Both have ideal fixtures. Kane or Dennis, um, what a decision to be made. Like know, that is yeah. like premium or the best value striker ever. Yeah. Oh, to make a decision between those two, it feels ridiculous to even consider yeah, but captaining Dennis should... over Kane. But the form of Dennis and the fixtures are so nice for Watford this week. I mean, ideally you'd have them both in your team, which I'm sure a lot of people may do this weekend, mm. but I can't bring myself to get rid of Calvert-Lewin because they've got Norwich. They've then got so many fixtures to catch up and they've got really nice fixtures even without those ones being rearranged. Yeah. Um, so I think the more we've spoken about the Northern Derby, I have had a little bit more of a wobble about getting rid of Lacazette. Um, <laughs> he could easily he, score against Spurs. He, he Spurs have got um, defensive problems, you know. They've been yeah. so much more defensively solid under Conte, but... There is issues there. Obviously, Dyer's missed out on the last couple. Uh, Romero's going to be coming back in. There's, you know, there's there's been some unsettling times in the last couple of game weeks for that yeah, defence, just I, in terms of personnel. I didn't see Spurs at the weekend, uh, but the last the last impression I've got of Spurs is that Chelsea game last week. And defensively, in that, especially in that first Awful. half of the game, it was all over the place. So, mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm now... Considering generally, I think most people will be targeting a double game league player as captaincy this week. And sometimes, actually, it's the same with transfers, isn't it? Most people will captain a double game weaker, most people will will try and bring in a double game weaker. But just sometimes, actually, quite a lot of the time, the single game weakers can outscore them. And so, there is an element of if you've got a player that's got a great, great fixture, don't discount them because it's not a double game week you know Dominic Calvert-Lewin I still think is a good buy this weekend I don't think I'd captain him this weekend because there's double game weeks around but I still think he's an excellent option as a bring in this weekend I think they've got Norwich so there's a lot of single nice fixtures as well there is not like Liverpool got a decent fixture I think even watching the game last night, I think Villa fans have got to be fancying their chances at home to United, especially with Coutinho coming in. Signing a player, that stat will give them a massive list. They, they should have won last night. I thought Mbwendia was the best I've seen him play this season. Yeah. United look all over the place at the minute. I, I was expecting them to improve a lot more than they have. So yeah, there's, there's lots of good fixtures. I, I would have been very tempted with Trent has been the one for me. Even more so than Salah. Yeah, he's been great. Hasn't he's he? his price point. He's he's so good. Like there was a lot of people that sort of dropped him early on in the season, and I can't bring myself to do it again. He's he's one of those players that he's yeah. the first, one of the first names on my team sheet every week. 
every season. I just think the amount of value you get for him as a as a defender, at even like at eight million, it's you're not going to get a midfielder at that value that's creating no, and offering as much threat. So, yeah, I, I would have been tempted by him as a little gamble um, because, like I said, it's quite often that a single game week player will outscore mm. double to play safe. You have to go for a double because like, if I signed Harry Kane this week and then didn't captain him and then he scores in both, you're just like, why have you not just played the odds? You've, you've got more <laughs> game. You've got 180 minutes for him to score a goal. Why would you take somebody who's only got 90? Um, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, you have to go with a double and that's why it, it will be Kane or Dennis once I've sort of got more information and a better idea of who's going to play and how many times they're going to play. I think for me, it's fine to bring in single game because when they're particularly, when they've got really nice fixtures coming up and you shouldn't ignore them. But when it comes to that important captain's armband, play the fixtures and put it on a doubler. And I think that, like like we've said, the Kane, Kane fixtures, the Dennis fixtures, they're both really good fixtures as well. So it's not like sometimes you can have a double, but it's, Man City and Chelsea that you're against and then then you can make a bit more of an argument for a single game week but yeah they're both really good fixtures for both players so why not go with the numbers give yourself the best chance you've got yeah I totally agree with you Brett thank you so much for talking to me today it's been so great having you back on I will be back next week to look back on game week 22 and ahead to game week 23